Blanc, Blanc, come on. What's all this drama? The indulge me. I told Ransom. Uh, Ransom told you, and I'm telling you now, it is an immovable fact that yeah, I killed yeah, Harley. Yeah, yeah, yes, you, yes, he did. Yes, you did. Yeah, yes, you all. But, uh, but I spoke in the car about the whole of the center of this donut. And what you and Harlan did that fateful night seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly. A donut hole in a donut's hole. But we must look a little bit closer, and when we do, we see that the donut hole has a hole in its center. It is not a donut hole at all, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut is not a hole at all. <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I am so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's stay, big boy, huh? That's bright. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Bad. Wonderful. I'm just going to do the whole thing in an accent like that. Uh, you ready? I'm just running for president. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Because welcome <laughs> to Facing Off. This is a podcast so where confused. we take two movies that we find to be similar in some and way. And we try and, and figure out who did it, contrast, where, and we and talk over each other, and we do this the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, we uh, Nick is absolutely right. We figure out uh, what the movie did in what room and with what tool and what weapon. weapon. And uh, yeah, welcome. This episode, we are going to be doing Knives Out versus Clue. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, I'm Gabe, <laughs> and uh, this is Nick. Nick, how are you this fine uh, uh, afternoon? I'm pretty okay. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, and uh, I just learned that I can kind of do a southern drawl. I didn't really know that. Yeah, it was so. pretty good. It was lovely. It sounded like it uh, pulled and out it really, like molasses. And it really made me feel like I wanted a donut. Um, no, oh, true that. Really. I had an Oreo shake today, so I don't need it. Uh, Nick and I went and gave blood this <laughs> cool. morning, and I didn't react very well. No, you, you, uh, I almost, I didn't, do, I didn't personally want any attention on it, but I started getting <laughs> really, really dizzy and almost puking, and then the three nurses like put cloths on me and fed me <laughs> cranberry juice in the straw just fed him one and asked me a, a million times like how I was doing and I was like I'm okay I just don't so know what's happening would you like happening. another grape my liege yeah it was pretty sweet would you like I got another pampered. pouch of cranberry juice I'm okay thanks for asking uh don't have any specific uh shout outs this week shout out to the people that helped out there they were really nice yeah, uh, if you have the opportunity and you are a person with blood, you should donate blood. It's nice. It's a good thing to do for people. Hey, are you a person with blood? We got an offer for you. Donate. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, you get a bunch uh, of cookies. It's cool. Yeah. Well, I didn't get a bunch of cookies. I got pretzels I that they fed me. Oatmeal raisin cookies. Second best cookie on earth. Yeah, sure. Peanut butter's first. Ew. No. All right, move on to the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nick, why don't you give us the synopses of these two uh, All right. mystery films, mystery yeah. comedy films? So, Clue and Knives Out we chose because the common thread is that they are like procedural, uh, like mystery movies. They're excuse me. They oh are whodunits. Cut it, cut it, cut it before I burped. I'm sorry, that one just squeaked out. 
Uh, like squeeze me. Have you ex- ever heard of styling? Like squeeze me. Um, yeah, we chose these because they are whodunits. Um, and Clue is a story of six strangers brought together by their politically driven blackmailer, a man named Mr. Body, and his butler, Wadsworth. The strangers, given the pseudonyms Colonel Mustard, Mrs. Peacock, Mrs. White, Mr. Green, Professor Plum, and Miss Scarlet, are given presents that they open and reveal some murder weapons that you might recognize from the Hasbro game Clue. This episode is brought to you by the Hasbro game Clue. Go to Hasbro.com slash Clue slash Facing Off Pod and enter in promo code. Don't do that because that's not a real promo code. When the lights go out suddenly, we hear a bang and a gunshot. Mr. Body's body lies motionless on the floor and chaos ensues as the group searches the house to find the clues to who may have killed Mr. Body. Body's body moves inexplicably and then somebody burns the blackmail evidence. Mm. After the deaths of a stranded motorist, a telegram singer, a policeman, and a vet, the buxom maid wadsworth reveals that he knows the culprit three endings ensue miss scarlet a brothel manager in dc killed everyone in order to prevent them from revealing that she is going to sell their secrets or miss peacock killed everyone in order to cover up her own deeds taking money for favors for her husband's political allies or each of the guests killed a person and mr green was working undercover for the fbi the whole time Boom, boom, boom. That's Clue. It has three different endings, A, B, and C. Yeah, and hey, uh, before we uh, do Knives Out, this movie just came out last year, so if you have not seen it, spoiler alert. Spoilers, spoilers. And go fucking watch it, and don't listen to podcasts about movies you haven't seen. Knives Out is the story of the Thromley family. Unless you don't care. Uh, Knives Out is the story of the Thromley family, whose three siblings siblings live perpetually under their patriarch, Harlan, a famous mystery writer's shadow. We find out that Harlan has killed himself immediately after his own 85th birthday at his mansion in the country, doing, um, during which Harlan told his son-in-law that he knew of his affair, told his youngest son that he no longer would be running the publishing company with his daddy, and told his grandson that he would be leaving him zero money in his will and instead would leave all of it to the caretaker, Marta. But something is amiss. <laughs> and famous gumshoe Benoit Blanc is on the case, paid by an anonymous entity. Blanc and the police interview every family member, but don't really come closer to a resolution until they interview Marta, who pukes when she lies. We, the audience, we all? know that nope, know that Marta believes if you puke when you lie, uh, you should go to WebMD. Look that up. Yeah. Uh, we, the audience, know that Marta believes that she accidentally killed Harlan by giving him the wrong medicine, and that she and Harlan then covered up the accident before Marlon. Marlon? Harlan offed himself. However, after the will is read, Marta is revealed as the sole beneficiary and thus becomes a very suspicious character. Harlan's less than totally likable grandson, Ransom, helps Marta escape the, escape the angry family and then coerces her into admitting what happened. He then helps, in air quotes, Marta track the toxicology report that an anonymous person threatened to blackmail her with, but they find the coroner's office burnt to a crisp. As they evade the police afterwards, Ransom is captured. Marta finds the blackmailer to be Harlan's maid, who is dying of a morphine overdose. Blanc confronts Marta and Ransom back at the family mansion and reveals to Marta that she did not actually administer the wrong drugs after all. So Harlan killed himself in error. Woo. But Ransom... Not a woo moment. <laughs> nope. Had indeed switched the medicine prior. Marta tricks Ransom then into admitting on tape to the murder of Fran the maid, and Ransom attempts to kill Marta, but finds that he's using a stage knife instead. The film ends with Marta looking out from her new mansion with her new money and her 
shiny new publishing company at its former residence, Harlan's Woeful And King. her new alcoholic, uh, somewhat overweight uh, mess of an actor, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Uh, boyfriend. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're doing two murder mysteries that are kind of comedies, ma- almost making fun of murder mysteries, but also like paying tribute to uh, yeah. Agatha Christie's novels. Um, let's get into it, Nicholas. Uh, we are going to break these down based on five categories and a rating scale on each of these categories of one to seven, one being lowest, seven being highest, four being middlest, in between average or neutral. Our five categories today are going to be actoring, spectacularity, originality, true detective, and uh, eye candy. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with actoring. Uh, these are big ensemble movies, so it'd be kind of fun to start with those. Acting is the category where we talk about the performances and how good the actors were, how funny they were, and whether the writers and directors gave them the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities in the funniest and most intriguing way possible. Exactamundo, where do you want to start? Let us start with Knives Out. Knives Out. Do you think Knives Out has a bad performance? No. I don't think so either. Yeah, I, it's weird because my roommate, Alec, who I've mentioned repeatedly on this ep, uh, yeah, on the show. Yeah, on our uh, Bohemian Rhapsody episode. Huge, uh, huge movie fan. Just re- really hated this movie. And he hated it. He just didn't enjoy He thought everyone was just playing like a ridiculous character. And I was like, that's the point. And what I truly love about yep. this is that everyone is great at what they do. They're all hilarious performances. They're intriguing performances, and they're almost caricatures of yeah, a type of it's character. It's kind of a spoofy type of movie. Um, and I think, like, I don't think anybody gives a bad performance. And there are a ton of really great performances. Now, I wouldn't say that anything in here is like perfect, but it's not really intended to be this like huge vehicle for its actors. Yeah. Besides. Uh, Benoit Blanc's character. Yeah, so Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig yeah. just crushes the Southern But it role. doesn't work for everyone. I mean, there are a lot of people that didn't, they just thought it was too ridiculous the, the way he was doing it, but I, I just like, that's, that's the point. Like, How funny is it that Daniel Craig could be this just this like badass actor yeah, that we see in well, so many movies? It's a well-executed uh, like mystery movie trope yeah. to have this like kind of goofy, but actually... CSI kfc but actually brilliant uh uh person like gumshoe uh so i thought that daniel craig was a standout i thought anna de Armas is great uh tony collette's hilarious tony collette is probably the funniest to me yeah. i think don johnson is really funny i think jamie lee curtis is yeah, really funny jamie lee curtis is great i, I do want to highlight like um i think lake Heath stanfield it was like a really cool casting decision to have him because he's a 28 year old black actor playing this like chief detective or or not chief detective but lieutenant so high up in this force and it's kind of like unlike any performance he's played before yeah it's subdued but it's confident um and i really like that i i love um i think his name is like noah segan is the the guy who plays he's always in ryan johnson movies he's in all ryan johnson movies um Christopher Plummer is amazing. I like in the scene, his last scene <laughs> with her, he's just goofy as hell. He's yeah. so adorable. I love him. Um, 
You know, it, what? It, what's really, I mean, this is a, obviously it's an ensemble cast of just like star power cast. There's so many big actors in it and they're all funny and they're all good at what they do and they all are intriguing. And I think it keeps you engaged in that way uh, in terms of actoring. But um, the main thing is that I, we had problem with Ryan Johnson with uh, The Last Jedi and how The Last Jedi's yeah. humor didn't fit in with the rest of Star Wars and just stuck out like a sore thumb in the movie. Right. But here it's clear that though we initially expected Ryan Johnson to just be like um, kind of a dark uh, writer and director with his previous films like Brick and Looper and then um, Ozymandias and yeah, Breaking Bad and The Fly. He he really nails the comedy here, and you could tell he had so much fun with the script, and I think that really helped the actors, um, yeah, even more than what they did. I'm gonna give it a six. I I, I think also gave it a six. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I think the writing in Knives Out is is pretty great. The twists are legitimately, um, a couple of them are surprising. Yeah, I might talk There's about a, that in True Detective. Yeah, and I'm gonna talk about it too. But yeah, well, we'll talk we'll talk about actoring with uh, Clue. Okay, I I gave Clue four. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't think the acting in Clue is uh, anyone is like bad. I don't really love Mrs. Peacock, whoever that actress is. I think she's the best in it. Really? Yeah, I think she's incredible. And she she reminds me of um, oh you don't watch uh, you don't watch that show. I don't watch that show. <laughs> you don't watch Eugene Levy's. Uh, oh, um, Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. She does remind me of Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, which would be. I thought when Michael McKean was in this movie that it would be like that whole troupe with Eugene mm-hmm. Levy and uh, uh, the man who just died. I'm blanking on his name. That's bad. That don't I'm know. I, I don't think that anyone is like is bad. I think it's the writing in Clue that is like a problem mm. to me. Like the actors aren't written super well. It, it's um, the director. His last name is Lynn. Um, he, he's directed a few movies and he's directed some good movies, uh, including this one, which is not, I don't think, I don't think clue is a bad movie. I, I just know. think that he, he was a rookie director. <clears throat> he, he wrote the movie, you know, you're adapting a game. And um, there's a quote from, I believe it's Roger Ebert. It could be Siskert or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this quote that I found that I think sums it up and I'll pass it on to you. Um, he, th- they reviewed it and they wrote that um, <laughs> it appears as though the actors are frustrated that they might be about to say something important, but they're cut off. That's kind of a funny concept. And it's, that's what, like, that's what the movie feels like to me, too. Hmm. It's like a lot of the times the actors are like, they could do something really funny or clever or interesting, but they, they're like, oh, but now it's time for the next scene. Like, it, it just doesn't, like, it doesn't 100% work, the writing of this Yeah, movie. I don't know. I think I'm a little bit lower than you. Uh, I gave it a two. Uh, that's I harsh. just realized I was talking about Fred Willard, and I'm so dumb. Um, sorry, Fred Willard, RIP. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I just don't, I think this movie could have been so much funnier. Even at that sure. time, it could have been really funny. I think Tim Curry is r- legitimately horrible at acting for the first half until they allow mm. him to get into his like manic sense of humor. But I think that's the writing. He's not given like a right, bunch of, good which tools. is also brought into actoring. So you know, like was... either way, the movie is hurt by that. Okay. Okay. Um, I think Michael McKean is really great. He, he's, he's like, great. he's so young in it. Um, I think it's a complete waste of Christopher Lloyd, who mm-hmm. was incredible that year in uh, Back to the Future. Um, 
I, I Eileen Brennan as uh, Mrs. Peacock is great to me, and uh, Leslie Ann Warren, the person who plays um, Mrs. Scarlet mm-hmm. or Miss Scarlet, is a fucking smoke show. Uh, you know, it's funny. The three female suspects have all been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, that's point. pretty crazy. And Mrs. White, uh, Blanche White or whatever, she uh, yeah. she was nominated for Blazing Saddles, which I never knew that actress mm-hmm. was nominated for that, which is hilarious because she's so funny in that. She's really funny. Um, didn't realize Gene Parmesan was in it. Uh, as Colonel Mustard from uh, Arrested Development. Yeah. I got to tell you this, and this person might bring down the entire movie on his own. Lee Ving as uh, Mr. Body. Lee Ving. Lee Ving is one of the worst actors, because I know that he's a punk singer of mm-hmm. the band Fear. He is one of the worst actors I've ever seen in a movie. Like, and I, and I, I mean that. He was pretty bad. Um, he was really bad. It looked bad. like he was like mouthing over the words. I, I couldn't do it. Um, I, I don't know. I think some of the acting is, I think some of the like acting is really fun. It almost is like a musical in certain parts because of the way that they all talk together. And I think it's fun for that ensemble. Yeah. I just waited like about 20 to 30 minutes for this movie to become kooky and fun. It and doesn't. It, wasn't. It, it becomes kooky and fun after about 45 minutes. Yeah, that's too... I mean, I'll get into that next with Spectacularity. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two. I, I really just don't think it's like I good think a two actoring. is too harsh. I would have I been okay with you saying a three, but since you said a two, I'm going to fight you outside. Okay, no problem. Uh, we'll be right let's back. Move on to our <laughs> and we're back, and Nick is a bloody pulp. Uh, he talked way too much shit. Uh, anyways, uh, let's move on to our next category, which okay. is uh, we got a six and a four in actoring. We're gonna do what? Uh, let's do spectacularity. There you go. Which is a really um, good one for murder mystery type things and, and comedies, where we bring in. Um, how engaging the movie was and whether you were distracted and bored or if you were really engaged with the the mystery of it and laughing through it um, since yeah. they're both comedies. These are both comedies. Yeah. What did um, you think about Clue spectacularity-wise? I, uh, again, I'm going to defer to Roger Ebert here who said... Uh, Roger. This is, who said, this is a film that needs three middles, not three endings. Yeah. Uh, which is or very openings. true, I think. Like, the middle of this movie is funky. It doesn't, like, 100% work. Not, like, good funky. Not, like, like right foot, let's clap. Yeah, no. That's Um, what stomp. Like, it doesn't lead you in any one direction, and that's, uh, uh, like, by design, I think. But, like, as I was watching, I was really trying to figure out where it was going to go, and you don't, and then you kind of like once you know there's three endings, you're like, oh, is it because they didn't know where they didn't know which they wanted to make it ambiguous enough that it could go any one of the three ways? Yeah, um, I kind of wish it was made by like Robert Zemeckis, and he really like wanted to make it into a mystery. Like, yeah, really it's cared like about the really mystery. really close to being perfect, and. Like, apparently lots of people think it's awesome because it has this huge cult following and ultimately, to me, it just ends up being a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, and that's a that's an issue. And it really only becomes very engaging when Tim Curry starts being real Tim Curry. Yeah. Like, at that's the end. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. So I gave it a three. Yeah, I'm hovering between a three and a four. I think, so I wrote down a note that the first 20 minutes, it just like is such a slow start. It's really not, 
the, the it's engaging in terms of the music. I think the score is like boom, 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 and it's like it gets you involved. It's good in a mystery sense. Yeah. Um, I don't think the pacing is very good in any of it until it gets really fast at the end, and that's when it's really uh, it, it becomes funny. I don't think the cr- the characters are crazy enough at the beginning, and they could have really leaned into like their eccentricities at the uh, definitely at the start. Absolutely. I do think there was enough comedy sprinkled in to make me pretty engaged like the way uh the way tim curry's character wadsworth just is never clear and they're all very frustrated by that and he never says the right thing and like someone's like well you're a butler what do you do and he's like i buttle sir Um, (laughs) and there was uh there's like a part so something that is fun about it is it feels like a, a musical without any music and it's because the way that the characters talk is like they'll all talk at the same time and they'll all move to one side of the room and they'll all like it's shout or it'll be it's a or it'll be like uh, bing bang boom but like people will talk yeah, like um, totally um, there's like a good moment where there's a funny moment where uh, Mrs. Blanche White talks about like uh, the, her husband's dick getting cut off or something and all the men in the room all cross their legs yeah, at the, the same, same time. time. <laughs> um, I like uh, there's a there's a scene where uh, Miss Scarlet goes uh, she talks to a vet the French maid and she goes I need to use the bathroom and she goes wee oui, wee oui, madame and yeah. she goes no I just need to powder my nose yeah that is good comedy great, great I dig line. it uh, right. no meaning yes uh, <laughs> I don't know there's some really fun things let us in but let us out yeah the when it starts picking up. Like when the cop gets murdered and uh, then the telegram person shows up and just gets, she's like a singing telegram and it's like the go-go guitarist. Uh, She just gets shot like immediately. I'm like, oh my God, this movie's like off the rails. It's become really funny. It clearly doesn't give a shit about the mystery. It's just going to be like until everyone is dead or something. And I think that that is fun, and I do. I, I want to highlight like one scene that's really engaging that you were mentioning is when Wadsworth is explaining what exactly happened that he deduced, yeah. and he's running it's through great. the house, and they're all following him, and he's doing it, and he like he does the like, ah! and then throws Miss Peacock down and smacks her in the face just to show them what. Apparently, happened. that actress had a really hard time with that. She had like just come back from surgery or rehab oh, or something, shit. and, and she, she was gets- like really out of shape. Yeah, well, run around. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the, it's it's kind of fucked up because she's old and it looks like he actually hits her. Um, but uh, no, I so I'm gonna I think I'm gonna actually go with a four here. I think that the second half of it is really it's the second half of the movie is what I wish the entire movie was. Yeah, and like, I think that's enough to be average for what it was. Um, what are you afraid of? A fate that's worse than death? <laughs> no, just death. Isn't just that good death. enough? <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, let's talk about spectacularity with uh, Knives Out. Yeah. Um, I, it's like a tale of two cities, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I watched it, I really didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, this time around, it was more engaging. But I was watching it with you, and I was trying to look for clues uh, more than I was the first time. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I think that it has really intense and awesome like parts, but the sum of its parts is not like the most incredibly engaging like thing consistently, but I do think it's above average. Like it's a really good movie, really fun to watch. It's just not um 
like this super engaging thing that I like personally really loved. <clears throat> Are um, you into whodunits? Kind of. Okay. Like like eh. Did um, you see Murder on the Orient Express? The new no, one? No, no. It's bad. Yeah, I know. I've heard. Yeah. Um, I was in this play in middle school that was a whodunit that's absolutely like taking from Clue. Oh, cool. Uh, and I was like the Wadsworth character. Actually, you know, my friend Dan and I were both that oh, same nice. character, but he was in the sequel that went after ours. Ugh, so it was kind of like a weird thing that I'm sure all of our parents in middle school were like, God, shut up. These guys suck. I can't believe, I can't imagine <laughs> having kids and having to go to a middle school But like, uh, both of these movies remind me in a lot of scenes of a play. Like there's a lot of cool like framing and stuff that I'll talk about later. I just think that the good parts in Knives On are really good and the not great parts are uh, drag a bit. And, and like altogether, I think it's above average, but not like a spectacular rating and spectacularity. I actually think this is where the movie really shines in terms of spectacularity. So I'm not a huge um, whodunit fan. I don't really like mysteries. I do like like Christopher Nolan type mysteries where there's like clearly like these like crazy clues that are going to give you a mind. I think those fuck are called mi- yeah, <laughs> yeah, mind fucks. Um, but. The thing about Knives Out, and I remember I liked it the first time. I had an issue with the expository like ending, but I was really engaged in terms of the humor and like seeing each of these characters, like each of them were so funny in their initial interview scenes that I was like, oh, I'm in. This is like, this is a great ensemble movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be really into this. So I think that there's like a careful attention to like how goofy and ridiculous these characters are going to be. And that keeps me engaged. And then I do think it's, it's interesting. They tell you what happened. Technically speaking, they tell you that he wasn't murdered yeah. halfway through the movie. And then you have to figure out like why all yeah, this happened but like, and like what's really a, going on. Like a fifth of the way through the movie, they, they lead you to believe that she did accidentally kill him. Yeah. Right. Like you get a twist and then you get, like, there, and there, and it's what it, a it's a more. good mystery movie because the clues don't really matter that much, and we'll talk about in True Detective that there actually are clues, but it's more it. I think it just has this fun pace to it, and I was really tired today. I almost fainted after giving blood, <laughs> and I just didn't sleep well. And so I, even though I was a little checked out this watch, I liked it so much more the second time I watched it. And I think that's because I found it to be engaging and nothing was really all too distracting. It's not very long. It's fun. Um, it's not like a masterpiece, but I do think that it was, it, it just was more engaging than the average movie in 2019. And even though 2019 is a great year for films, it's fun. And I, I think a lot of the writing and acting helped that. So I'm going to give it a six, actually. I think it's pretty engaging. Um, okay, that's fair. Let's move on to our next category. Let's do originality next. Okay. Um, let's start actually, with no, that. no, 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 no. No. Let's okay. do eye candy. Um, All right. I'm, I'm trying to space this out properly. All right. So eye candy is where we talk about the visual elements of the movies. I think this will be kind of quick. Uh, anything visual. Um, I'm Since we're on Knives Out, I'm struggling a little bit with what I want to give it. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, I actually candy? gave both of these the same score. This is the only category that I... Th- well, we'll talk about it, but I think this is the only category they'll get the same score. I gave them both fives. Mm. I think that ni- for, for like slightly different reasons. I think like Knives Out is basically, I mean, you're, you're copying a bunch of like 
whodunit tropes. Yeah. You got a big mansion. Um, like Harlan's room is a funny shape. Yeah. There's like weird, like intricacies to the house. Like he's a mystery writer, Harlan, the, the, the patriarch, the guy that dies. Like, it works though. Like it is well designed. I think it's good. You can get a um you can get a cool kind of sense for the way that the grounds like work with mm. it pretty quickly in the movie too and be like, "Oh, that's how they kind of moved around and made this like happen." And like in that same vein, the editing to make you believe that this is how things went down and this is how things are going like uh, really works. Like it's genuinely good and crisp. There's like plenty to look at. Um, there's a lot of cool shots. Things are framed in a really interesting way. There's a couple good examples of that. Like um, a lot of that last scene with Benoit Blanc talking about uh, the movie then and donuts. Uh, there's a couple yeah. really cool shots in that scene. There's cool shots when they're, they're showing you how ransom got in. Yeah. Um, and it's like framed the same way as, um, as the way that Marta got back in and, and like, it all works off. And there's a lot of cool, like you said, there's some clues. There's a lot of like Chekhov's gun type stuff happening throughout mm. this whole thing. Um, and it's subtle and I think it works. I think it's above average. I don't think there's anything that would make me say it's average or below. I'm kind of close to giving it a six because I I think Ryan Johnson, out of everything for him, I mean, some people think he's just a spectacular writer and I think at times he's shown that. But... And he got nominated. It was the one thing that got nominated for this movie was his screenplay. But I really do think he's visually a great director. I think The Last Jedi is like my second favorite um, visual Star Wars movie after Rogue One. Um, but um, and, I, and I think the cinematography is cool. I, I, I really like the shot to open the movie with the dogs slowly running out. And they are. I think that's like a shot that could kind of stick with me. It looks yeah. really cool. Um, the house is really is awesome. The way that they show it is very intricate. Um, the camera moves around the house in really fun ways. Um, you really get to explore every single part of the house, which is something that you really don't get to do in a lot of movies. Um, I think the costuming yeah. is really great. It's I think so, so too. waspy. Um, it's so and, waspy. And the, it's so waspy, and I, I really like the uh, the sweaters, especially the ones that Ransom wears. The like tattered, like it's got like holes in it. Yeah, but it's just like it's also a pretty looking uh, sweater. Um, I don't. The, the main thing that I think I think pushes it to a six for me is I really really think this is an expertly edited movie. No, no, I'm gonna give it a five. But I do think it's like an expertly um, edited movie. And Nick and I were noticing that they re they show you everything going back and forth. And this this had to have taken a long time to edit to to do that um, to give you the whole story. Uh, Nick is incredibly distracted right now, Sorry. and I'm like trying to see if he'll agree. But no, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think said it's. I totally agree. But I think like the, yeah, I mean the editing and the interview scenes is what really like does it for me, and I think they do that really well. Um, and there are some really cool shots. The shot that zooms in to Benoit Blanc uh, at the fireplace is awesome. Yes, it all worked for the trailer. I'm going to give it a five. I think it's above average, but it, it's pretty close to a six for me. Nice. Yeah. We agreed. We yeah. always agree. But Clue, I do not agree with. Now, why? Because this is why I gave it a five. Sure. I think that like the fact that they basically recreated like a board game set in a house <clears throat> on a studio, looks like a house, 
seamless yeah. inside outside even though the outside of the house and the ballroom are filmed in Pasadena the rest oh, of it is on a set and you didn't even know that cuz it seamlessly works together and that's a cool thing that doesn't really happen very much in a ton of movies now it's like the movie is all bottled in the house unlike knives out which is mostly in the house but not fully and i think it even though that's the case i think it works i think the costuming is great like uh, i mean it might be a nostalgia because clue is actually my favorite board game but i think it works for me even though it's not big or, or flashy or full of like great you know edits or cuts i, I think it works yeah, you know what? Set design and um, the fact that they made it like the board game in terms of like where the rooms go to and everything, I do want to give it credit for. Um, in terms of 80s movies, it's a 1985 movie. It's like not that good visually. Uh, if you think of like movies that came out at that time, like Back to the Future, I'm way more impressed with their set design and, That's fair. and the effects in the filming. I wasn't really. I, I do think there are some fun angles that they do. The cost, I, the costuming is like really big, and I think the costuming yeah. is is fantastic. Uh, it's not overly absurd. It's no, really I like that they made the choice not to dress them in the colors. Yeah, from the board game. Right. Yeah, their and, cars uh, are those colors. You know, I'm gonna give it a four and a. Average? No, I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna give it a three, but it's so close to being a four because of Colleen Camp's tits. And that's a great <laughs> visual uh, thing in the movie. Which uh, might be the only reason she got the role. Yeah, uh, I think it is, honestly. She showed up in a nurse's outfit, and uh, the director said, that was cool. But no, the director said, boy yo yo yoing So I'm going to give it a three. Um, I just think I've seen a lot of movies from the 60s and 70s that look so much better than this movie. And I and I do I do like the set design, but I've there are movies even from that same See, year I mean, that I have better set that's design. Accurate. I have two, but I think that that part of that might have been intentional. Yeah, that's possible. Like it's supposed. No, to, you know, I'll just give it a four. It's average. I like that's why we have a four. It's average. Um, I just hate putting it like one below Knives Out, which I think visually is really well done. Um, anyways, let's move on to our next category then. Yes, let's do True Detective. True okay. Detective is where we ask ourselves, were you a detective trying to solve the clues of this movie? Is time a flat circle? Is time a flat circle? Um, uh, or is it a round square? I don't it's know what else he says. Square. I'm blanking on it. But yeah, I mean, this is sort of like how engaging was this movie in terms of like finding clues? Do the clues add up? Are you right. satisfied with the twist? Um I mean, simple, simple, let's talk about Clue. I just don't think this category really helps it. Um, no, it makes it worse because it's a bummer to me that Clue, and the more like you kind of read about it and you read about what people thought of it when it came out, like it is just such a bummer that it went for a, the gimmick. Yeah. Because then, like I, I, I mean, I don't know. If you're like a huge Clue stan, like, let us know if you've seen this before, if you're one of the people that watches it a lot, like it's in your, like you're the cult, you're the cult person that's following Sean it. Fennessy, come on the pod. Is, is he? Yeah, he likes Clue. Like, I just like, um, I wonder if the the rest of the movie is so intentionally ambiguous because it needs to lead to three different endings right. that it doesn't, I think it kills the mystery a bit. Because then you you're leading up to a gimmick. So then 
everything else before the where the movie stops, which is actually when the lights turn off, when, mm-hmm. when Tim Curry turns the lights off at the end. Right. Uh, right there is when the three plots diverge. Like, is it ambiguous before that because it needs to lead to three different plots? Because it definitely seems that way to me. Um, Ebert and Siskel both thought that uh, A, which is the ending in which Miss Scarlet um, is the murderer, right. was the best ending. Yeah. And C, where everybody killed somebody and uh, Mr. Green was working for the FBI the whole time, is the worst ending. Do you agree with that? No, I actually kind of like C. I like C. Uh, I love the very last line, as you know. Yeah. And now I'm going to go sleep with my wife. Freeze frame, end of movie. Yeah. I think that's uh, hilarious. It's pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I think there are like there are clues laid out in it, sort of, as you uh, in the first scenes. And then it's kind of funny because it almost makes fun of each clue. Like yeah. every time it gives you like a clue or a situation, they make it more absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, or things just get like spiral out of control, which is kind of fun. Um, it's just like I feel like it was a missed opportunity, like you yeah. said. I think that it could have been actually a fun mystery movie and have those clues instead of being like, oh, all mystery movies are dumb. Let's make fun of it. Yeah. Um, like even like scary movie, like each of the scary movies, the comedies, those are like there are mysteries and there are clues within them. and uh, Like especially uh, the second one that's making fun of the haunting. Mm-hmm. And... It works, and they oh Tim Curry's in that as well. Um, <laughs> and uh, it works, and and like you could still lay out those clues, and it's hilarious when yeah. they do it. So I don't know. I'm gonna give it like a a two. Um, I gave it a three. I just like I I don't think that it's really tough because I don't think that this movie is really a good like mystery movie. Watch, we're gonna rewatch it, and there's gonna be all these clues. Yeah, I didn't read Reddit close enough. What is really cool in terms of True Detective is, and I and I can bring it up in originality next as well, is like the fact that they lay out the house and the rooms to go into the same rooms that they would in on the board game, which Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy to do. Um, and I think that's kind of fun and it gets more and more absurd, which is kind of like, there's the, you don't, you can't guess where this movie's going and that's probably like that helps. So that's why I'm not giving it a one. I'm going to give it a two. I don't think it's just like a a good mystery movie. And I think it could have been while still being goofy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, uh, Knives Out. Um, I think the, uh, the, Detective. the like very ending of, of Knives Out, um, like the way that it finally wraps up is not what I expected to happen. Right. But it's kind of close. And like, so I gave it a five. Okay. Because I don't think the mystery, I think the mystery is above average. Like it's clearly engaging enough. Like I said, it, it does end in a way, at least to me that I didn't fully expect, but, but there are like key elements of the ending that you, I think that the the viewer, tell me if I'm wrong, I think the viewer doesn't just expect. They basically know that they're going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know that Ransom has something to do with the, the, the yeah, bad Yeah, and it, stuff. when you rewatch the movie, like, there it's are a like, lot of clues yeah. about Ransom. I mean, the first time I watched it, it's like, it's very obvious that Chris Evans is going to, is the, going to be the bad guy. Right. Like, it would have been interesting if that was subverted and that wasn't the case and it was somebody else that might have given this a higher rating. Yeah. But 
at the end for him to, for his initial murder plot for Harlan to have not worked. And so instead he thinks he's off scot-free, but then he's not because he killed another person and Marta tricks him into admitting to it. That is a genuinely yeah, that's good. Interesting and I actually, twist. I did not see that coming. You just know that he is going to be the bad guy, which I think is a bummer. Yeah, no, that, but that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually here's the thing. I I don't really like um, when heist movie. We talked about this with the heist episode with like Ocean's Eleven. I don't like when heist movies and whodunits have an expository way of showing you what happened. Yeah, exactly. and being like, well, didn't you see? It was because of this and this and this and this and this and also this this. And they and they usually do it with like a montage that shows it. This one, yeah, which I Tim Curry liked, subverts in his right, yeah. where he's just like he's he's reenacting all of it, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, this one is interesting because when I first saw it, I was so mad at the expository ending with Daniel Craig that I kind of just tuned out what you just brought up, which is a great point that they they turn it into a, another murder plot, or they they catch him on something that he didn't even intend to do, yeah, uh, initially. Um, and I think that's what a well-written story. I don't think it's like a brilliant mystery. Um, oh, oh my point is that, um, even though there's that, that expository thing, I actually, uh, upon rewatching, I like the way that they do it because there are clues throughout and they not, they do him explaining it in a hilarious Southern drawl with the donut hole story that Nick did at the beginning. And then, or I mean, Daniel Craig, who came onto the podcast to do it at mm-hmm, the beginning. Absolutely. He was, here. um, and then at the same time, they're doing like montages essentially and showing you back. So yeah. I, I, it's a good combination. It's well done. It's really well produced in that way. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to dock it too much. I think my issue is that I don't really like whodunits more than like mindfuck movies. So I don't care as much about the clues, but I did notice some things this time that it's, it's clever. It's not like he didn't, Ryan Johnson didn't make it in a way where it was supposed to be like crazy clever where you're like, Whoa, that's a crazy clue. It's more like, let me smack you in the face with what's going to happen. And then when it happens, you're not even going to realize I smacked you in the face with it. Right. And he does it. He, uh, Christopher Plummer at the beginning, Harlan says, um, he, when he's talking about ransom, he has an issue that he, he loves his grandson, but he, he doesn't really believe he's going to be all that great. And he says he can't tell the difference between a stage prop and the real thing. And he like slams a knife down on the table and you find out later that ransom does that mm-hmm. with, uh, with her, he couldn't figure it out. Um, there's a cool scene where he says, uh, Benoit Blanc says that I I always felt that uh, I always felt that dogs are the best sense of character or whatever or like mm-hmm. best best judge of character and right afterwards they show the dogs attacking only Ransom and yeah. he doesn't like them. Everyone uh, else shows up and they like kind of bark at them. Yeah, um, and then he shows up and they're like they're going like after jumping on him and but yeah. then but they're telling you that marta is okay because the dogs are yeah, sort of kind it's like she's a good person yeah it's telling you like marta's a marta's good these people are not the best the rest of the family is like not the best but they aren't like malicious right necessarily and then like oh this is a malicious character it's like it's very obvious on the second watch that that's yeah. what they're trying to tell you i noticed one thing this time too is that there's the 
unreliable narrator type thing sometimes happens in mm-hmm. certain scenes. And I think that that's well done in terms of the whodunit. Um, there, this isn't really a, a, a unreliable narrator, but this kind of gets into the humor of that is when Marta's trying to figure out if she should park before or after the elephant statue. And it's Christopher Plummer saying before the elephant after statue. Four. And they goes after the, uh, elephant statue, the before, be after the, be after, be after four, four <laughs> the elephant. And that's, I think that's a really funny moment that where it's great. like, you don't really, it, it is an unreliable name. It's like, you don't really know yeah. what to trust. And I, I completely missed that the first time. Yeah. And I, I thought it was hilarious. Great. Um, I'm going to give it, uh, I think a five, uh, in terms of True Detective, because I did, I did really appreciate rewatching and noticing these things. I just don't think it's like the most brilliant, and especially Ryan Johnson's like really good at symbolism and stuff in uh, Breaking Bad in his episodes with that. So I just think he could have done that a little bit. He better has the here. donut symbolism. Yeah, which is funny because he the, the even the knives are are in yeah. a donut as well. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna give it a five above average, uh, and you yeah. did as well. Yeah, I did. Um, and, uh, let's move on to our last category. Yes. Uh, originality. And this yes. is where we talk about whether the movie needed to be made if it was based off of, um, earlier things or early source material. What was it clever in its design and its writing? Um, does it stand out in its genre? Um, we, let's start with Knives Out. Uh, I had such a hard time with this one with these yeah. two. Knives Out, I, I'm between a four and a five. Okay. Because I have a hard time believing that it's like this i think it's genuinely a really good take a a necessary take a good take on the genre it subverts some tropes it's really well written the ending and ultimately what happens with the story is sort of unique but again like you do you do know that it's chris evans like something has something to do with chris evans you don't know a hundred percent what um but like i don't know if it subverts enough or it deviates from the norm enough um, if it's if it's that outlandish of a whodunit or if it's paying a lot of homage to other whodunits. So I'm between a four and a five. Convince me. I'm actually at a six, I think. Um, Why? Uh, and I wasn't at first. I think that it really subverts the genre a lot. And I, th- and I like what Ryan... I didn't trust what Ryan Johnson was going to do after The Last Jedi because I didn't like his style of comedy in that. But it works really... Oh, you didn't really... think the green tit milk was, <laughs> yeah. was uh, the uh, green reptile you, tit Do you milk? feel the force now? Oh, I can feel it. Um, Stupid. Uh, uh, I'm on hold for Commander uh, Blah Blah, dude. Uh, all right, but I, I I think that the way that he brings in comedy here really works. For yeah, the story. it works here. And I like there there are certain characters that are smart additions mm-hmm. to the murder mystery Agatha Christie type thing. And I th- and I respect his the way that he built off of that in his own way. So um, one is Marta. It, it, the introduction of this character that literally can't lie without puking is hilarious. That is a good concept that wasn't in anything mm, else. Okay, okay. Um, you have the hilarious detective, private detective, who's like, his name is uh, Benoit Blanc. So it's supposed to be like um, uh, the guy from Agatha Christie's stuff and the murder on the Orient Express. Uh, 
hero or something he has a, he has a really funny name oh. i'm blanking on it sorry to all of our fans who like agatha christie um but i, I think what he, she had a really what he is, is really cool and i and i love the detectives because then you have the serious detective right who is believing him but wants to take it from the cop perspective then you have the sycophant uh fan of the murder mystery novels that harlan writes who is overly polite to the family. Mm-hmm. There's even the moment where he says, uh, uh, where he's putting Ranson in the back of the squad car, and he says, um, can you please lower your head? Thank you. And Lakey Stanfield is like, you don't need to thank him. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I, like, I think that addition is fun, because it's like at every moment, he's just not really taking it seriously, and it further brings everyone back. Um and then I like each of the characters. He introduces these really wacky characters that are believably wacky in their own ways. And I and I really respect the creativity of the writing for the characters and um, the way that he takes the story. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that, like I said earlier, he unlike mo- most murder mysteries, the murder, I mean, the so uh, quote-unquote murder of Harlan is not a murder. And you're not necessarily really trying to find the murderer. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out what happened in that scene. And you mostly get what happened in that scene early on in the movie when they finally show it with Anna de Armas' character. And then later you find out that it was more complicated than that. Yeah. And then you find out that, in fact, as he was trying to sweep up all of that, he and like Ransom did the thing that sends him to jail. It, any lawyer would have like been fucked against the evidence there. So I think it's well written in that way, and I think it's really clever. And I and I didn't think that initially, but I do I do really enjoy that about Knives Out, and I think that got brought out in the second watch. Okay, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm giving a, it a six. I'm gonna give it a five. Okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with a five. I think that like it's it's a good evidence that this is a unique like original movie that. The style of it is goofy enough and and like weird enough, but also serious enough that you can have a character like Lakeith Stanfield completely believe and just be all right with Marta puking whenever she yeah lies, yeah, which is an absurd thing that people don't do. Yeah, but it's just like accepted as and fact it's a hilarious thing to throw into a murder mystery. Yeah, because it's like it subverts a trope, and then you're just like, okay, we've got like a lie detector in the on in the gang, yeah. and then it's used to like excellent effect at the end when she has to lie and hold back her vomit just long enough to to get Chris Evans to to uh, admit spill the beans. Yeah, yeah. Ew. Yeah, he nice. just opens his mouth and a bunch of beans come out. It's crazy. Yeah, I and uh, I just the ultimate thing is like, did this movie need to be? Uh, For a second there, I was like, are you gonna talk about fucking the the beans thing? Yeah, that wasn't so the thing beans that happened. are like, you know, they're good. <laughs> talk about beans, black beans, uh, pinto, black beans, um, lima, um, no garbanzo. Yeah, fine. Uh, Only in hummus though. Yeah, no, I like them in salads. Um, so uh, no, no, no. But the main thing that we always ask with originality is: Does this did this movie need to be made? And I think that there is enough creativity done by Ryan Jan- Johnson that it really needed to be made. And I would, I respect him enough again to want to see another murder mystery by him. I'd yeah. be okay with that if he wanted to do that. So I'm gonna give it a six. Uh, Nick gave it a five. Let's talk about Clue originality. Yeah. Clues, it's a good segue into Clue because the only reason this is uh, at a four for me is because I do think it needed to be made. Yeah. Um, 
but it is a hard one. It's based on a board game, but the board game doesn't necessarily give you a plot. You know, um, I just think that, like, yeah, cool. The three ending thing is a, a cool original gimmick. I don't know another movie that has three different endings that are presented this way and is are as popular as this movie. I'm sure there's one out there. Um, like, it's a cool take, but ultimately it's too simplistic. But I do think it needed to be made. It has a huge cult following. People like it. I I liked it. I don't think it's bad. Um, yeah, that, that's what I got for it. I gave it a four. I don't remember my other scores for this, but I think I'm going to give it um, a four as well. I think it's. I think it is really. Uh, it for when it came out, it is unique. It's making fun of murder mysteries. Uh, it's taking a board. All it has for source material is the a board game, um, and like Agatha Christie things to like make fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it becomes so wacky towards the second half that it is clever. I like the three. It, I if we're gonna give credit to the three endings, I think you do that with this because I think they're so they're such funny, ridiculous endings. Um, originally, ending B with Miss Peacock being the bad guy, she was supposed to go outside, and the cop, uh, the chief of police, was supposed to shoot her. Oh. And then when everyone ran outside to find out what just happened because they heard the gunshot, he shoots her dead body again. <laughs> and they were like, no, this is too dark. We can't put this in the movie. And I'm like, dude, just do that. It's so funny. Uh, but what? I, <laughs> Why would he shoot her again? He's like proving she's dead or something. Like, oh. I got her. I don't know what it was, but it sounded hilarious. It just sounded like a good, funny I, part. That's funny, yeah. I actually think that the humor is really, f- the second half of it, the 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 moment that we keep talking about with Wadsworth running through the house reenacting everything is great. It's like the donut hole speech by Daniel Craig, yeah. except for he's literally just impersonating every single other character in everything that they've done in the whole movie. And I think that is clever. Did it need to be made? Sure. Like it, we, I'm sure in the '80s they needed to have like a comedy mystery. Um, so yeah, it's average. I'm gonna give it a All four. All right, cool. Um, we are at the finale. We added them up and <laughs> Gabe's uh, Gabe's score for Clue is 16. Um, mine is 19, which gives us a score of 35 out of 70. Out of 70. Not great for Clue. If not been, bad. That's not, half. not bad. If you uh, if you're out there and you love Clue, uh, let us know because I I think I could love it, but I don't right now. Yeah. Uh, I gave a 26 to Knives Out. gave gave it a 28, which, which I was surprised by. Which uh, adds up to 54 out of 70. Out of which 70, is good. which is good. It's a great movie. Let us um, let us give some awards. Yeah, let's break it down who in be, the accolade section. Uh, who be your MVP? Yeah, who won these movies? Uh. I kind of want to say Ryan Johnson. Mansions. Yeah, Mansions. Uh, rich people. Uh, no, no, no. Rich people lost. This is huge for Mansions. Uh, immigration. Huge. Oh. Uh, <laughs> huge. No, it won. Immigration. Immigrants huge. won. Uh, dogs won. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your LVP? Do you have an LVP? Um, my LVP. Leaving. Yeah, he's terrible. That's a good one. 
I was going to say Chris Evans because the whole movie, he's just like an irredeemable fart face. Yeah, but he's, I think it's a good performance. It's a good him, performance. I actually don't like him that much. I guess his character. Yeah. He has a terrible name too. Ransom. Ransom. Hugh Ransom. Ransom. Yeah. It's Ransom. Oh, I thought it was Ransom. I think it's Ransom. Oh, that's dumb. Why would they ever name their name. kid that? Um, yeah, LVP, I mean, it's probably him. Uh, no, I think Lee Ving is a great... Yeah, apparently they only gave him the... I, I think Christopher Lloyd is almost know. an LVP, because, like, what a waste. Whoever wrote... Whoever casted Christopher Lloyd as the LVP. Yeah, I mean, I like that the creepy professor thing that they had with him. Um, he'd like this yeah. sexual harasser. Right. That's funny. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> do you have a six-man person Ooh. who uh, did oh. the most with the least? Um, yeah, I, I, um, I want to give it to the son, Jacob. Oh, he's pretty great. I think he's an awesome character that is like real subtle. Did you just Google that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll give it to him, I think. Uh, I'm actually, I think Tony Collette isn't in enough of the movie. Oh, to, God, like, yeah, she's anything. great. I think Tony Collette is so great. And I also think oh, Don yeah. Johnson, like, I don't like Don Johnson that much of an as an actor, but I think he fucking kills it in this movie. He does nail it as, as Richard. Same with Christopher Plummer. I mean, there's a lot of really small moments. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know what I realize is that the the, sh- the cop that comes in at the end of Clue says, all right, who done it? Oh really? Um, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, do you oh, do you have a comeback player uh, uh, character that uh, yeah mi- performance that grew on you over Mr. time? Mr. Green in Ending C. Yeah, is Mr. Green Michael McKean? Yeah, it's Michael. Yeah, McKean. I agree. I think Michael McKean. No, for me, it's Tim Curry as Wadsworth because oh, I, I really yeah. didn't like him for the first half. Oh, and that's then it a good. That's really actually funny. perfect for comeback player of the year. Yeah. Do you have an All Star nice. team? Pick five performances that you think are amazing from either, both or either of these movies. Yeah, I'm gonna go Curry, Anna, uh, Chris Evans, Tony Collette, and I'm struggling with my fifth one. It's either. It's either Michael McKean. Did I say him already? Not Daniel Craig. Or oh no, Daniel Craig. Sorry, okay. Daniel yeah. Craig. Did I say Michael McKean first? Uh, no, you said uh, Tim Curry. Okay, I'm would... replacing Tim Curry with Michael McKean. There we yeah, go. that's fair. I uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Christopher Plummer, Tony Collette. Um, God. Michael Shannon gets left off. There's so many. Oh man, just like I kind of want to give my cast. no. I'm gonna do instead of Anna Darmus, who I think is really good. I I just love Michael Shannon in this movie or yeah. in anything. Michael Shannon, uh, Daniel Craig, and then it's like a tie between Noah Seaven, uh, the the other detective in Knives Out. Mm, yeah, who oh, I think dude. like that is just a really like valuable role. And that's why I want to yeah. include him on this. He's funny in every scene. He's, he's like a scene stealer. He's great. Yeah. Him or uh, Michael McKean, I'd be okay with. Yeah. I, I almost don't want to give any to The All-Star teams I, are tough with this one because they're such big ensemble cast. Yeah, it is really and tough. And like I said, I really don't think any... Do main... you have like a least favorite moment for, uh, from either of these? Um, Do you have a least favorite moment in Knives Out? No, not in Knives Out, I don't think... I mean, there's got to be something. I never take like note of this one because I don't know if we're gonna like. Do we need to have or not? the, the um, Tony Collette's daughter? Do we need that character? No, probably not. <laughs> we needed someone to have a connection with um, with Marta that was beyond like. Did we though? Oh, she's our basically our slave. Did we actually? <laughs> 
Um, kind of. We needed some redeeming factor from the family. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the family loses in the end, so why did we need it? Because you you have to have some reason, to, I think, to root for them a little bit. Okay, And if there's true. a reason to root for it a little bit, it's that she is going to college and she seems genuinely like a nice person. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. Um, I don't have a... Le- I just I don't really like the opening scene of Clue. I I just they're not getting to the story enough. Yeah, it's just the dinner scene is just not good, and it could have been no. really funny. I look back at like Beetlejuice when they have that dinner and everything goes wrong. Like that's the wackiness that I want from this. We should yeah, do Beetlejuice with something at some point. Um, Definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I bet. Do you have a best moment? Favorite moment? Yeah. Uh, the the puking on him at the end. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I eat, uh, the and, then she, and then you find really out good. that she she did it. She lied. Yeah. She lied, and lying I, is good. I really like this episode is brought to you by lying. Yeah. Go go out and lie. Hey, go guys, to www.whitehouse.gov. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Damn. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite scene is just the opening interviews of Knives Out. Uh, each character is so funny and you get that line by Tony Collette. She's like, oh, you're that like famous detective. Oh my God. Um, recommendations. Oh no, not yet. Are there any murder mysteries that you recommend? I, I know actually I was thinking about this. I, I am not like a huge murder mystery fan. Yeah. Me neither. Um, I recommend, I really like, actually really like, uh, a lot of, uh, like Sherlock Holmes books. You can, you can read those. Sure. They're short stories. They're really easy to read, actually. Yeah. There's a few of them. They're really good. All right. That's our recommendations. Wow. That's uh, the, the, the thinnest recommendations ever. I also, this doesn't have to do with any murder mysteries, but the show Normal People on Hulu is is exceptional. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever seen, and it it, really, it truly messed me up for a good amount of time. He's crying right uh, now. I, I cried while I watched it. Um, it's pouring tears. Anyways. Cue uh, the music. We are on social media, and you should follow us there, and you should let everyone know that we're on social media. We want to be so popular. Make us the most popular podcast that's ever lived. We're on Instagram, instagram.com slash facingoffpod. Just look up Facing Off. Oh, my God. You're going to see our two faces, and you're going to say, wow, they give good recommendations, and they're so funny on this platform. Thank you. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. Aren't you on Twitter every single day because of the news um, and because of like any like celebrity things that you want to know about? Well, why don't you hear more about our podcast by following us at, at twitter.com slash facing off pod. Look up facing off and you'll find us just like with Instagram. And if you want to send us an email letting us know how you rated these movies, what movies we should be doing next, what's been going on in your apartment as you've slowly lost your mind, as I clearly have in this section of the podcast, uh, let us know at facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Nick, do you have a send-off? Yes. Communism is a red herring. Yep. And I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. 